Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada you don't take yada yada in life don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide this episode of Stuff They Don't Want You To Know is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor. Featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select game Gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit Visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome back to the show. My name is Noel. Our ride-or-die compatriot Matt Frederick is on adventures, but will be returning post-haste. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deckett. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Peek behind the curtain here as we begin. Uh, Mission Control, Noel and I have all returned from a uh, vacation of sorts. Uh, now, as you know, Noel, uh, <laughs> despite our constant haranguing, uh, Mission Control prefers to be the uh, non-audible power behind the stuff they don't want you to know thrown. 
But it oh sure is. Oh my God, Ben, that phrase literally flashed across my mind before you said it. Paul is indeed the power behind the throne. I love that you said that. That's You read my mind. Amazing. So uh, we want you to know that Paul has assured us uh, that he had adventures of his own, stories for another day. And Noel, I wanted to check in with you before we continue. How, how was your time? How was your time off? It was good. Oh, thanks, Ben. Yeah, I mean, like I've mentioned before, I just moved into a new place and had been kind of, uh, you know, doing it in dribs and drabs, getting it all set up and got some furniture delivered. But I was able to really focus and get the majority of the place really livable. And I'm, I'm uh, speaking to you from my now fully ensconced uh, studio with all my little toys and guitars. And I got a drum kit in here now and a couch and my living room's nice. My, my bedroom's still full of boxes, but you know, I just go in there to sleep. So it's like, it's, I don't feel compelled to, <laughs> to, to hurry along with that one. How about you, Ben? Yeah, uh, I've I've had some, you know, like Paul, I've had some story for another day adventures, uh, some of which might come into play in uh, future episodes. I don't want to spoil quite yet, but it's all it's all fine because everybody emerged more or less okay. One segue I was thinking about for this episode is that uh, when when we move. Uh, physically, we also move symbolically, and it's a powerful act. It makes us aware of how much stuff we have and how much stuff we've lost. And as any longtime listener of our show knows, fellow conspiracy realists, you are aware by now that the human species has a profound and troubling history of losing communities, cities, entire civilizations sometimes. And these sometimes become the subject of later legends and myths, only to be rediscovered centuries or millennia later. Today, we're exploring something different. Because our collective history is also full of cities, or communities, or neighborhoods that went missing not due to pandemics, not due to natural disasters or so-called acts of God, but instead due to purposeful acts of human beings. This is the story of a destroyed community. And unlike the story of the Siteka or the city of Troy or other communities of old, this story is much, much more recent than most people would like to admit. And odds are... Uh, it's safe to assume that a lot of people haven't heard of this. Uh, we we didn't hear this story, Noel, until we received an excellent email from fellow conspiracy realist Looping Band. Yeah, so why don't we get right into it? Yes, here are the facts. So as you hear Ben say at the beginning of every one of our episodes, uh, we know uh, and have seen firsthand that history is riddled with unexplained events, uh, and and often um, history is also riddled with uh, kind of crappy, uh, obscured events, um, things that uh, authorities, people in power from the federal government to your local school you know, superintendent would rather uh, keep you in the dark about. In the United States, a great uh, example would be this idea of Black Wall Street um, and the Tulsa Massacre of 1921. Um, ben, this is something that you turned me on to, this idea of Black Wall Street, something I was very much not familiar with, uh, but a lot of people across the planet and the U.S. itself only learned of uh, this massacre uh, because of the series Watchmen on HBO that we've talked about at length on the show. Um, and the Tulsa Massacre plays a very important role role in the story. Ben, can you tell us a little bit about what went down? Yeah. And Noel, I think this is a, a great way to get into the crazy part of today's topic. So here's what happened on a high level. After World War I, 
Tulsa, Oklahoma, became known for its affluent African-American community. This community thrived against massive, brutal, systemic oppression. Most of the 10,000 black residents of Tulsa lived in one neighborhood, the Greenwood District. And because of its incredibly successful business district, it became known as Black Wall Street. But astute listeners, you'll notice uh, that we are speaking in past tense. So, Noel, what happened to Black Wall Street? Why aren't we speaking in present tense now? Yeah, um, it's exactly what you described at the top of the show, Ben. It was essentially uh, eradicated from existence um, because of the influence of those that would prefer it have never existed in the first place. On May the 30th of 1921, a young black man named Dick Rowland was riding in an elevator in the Drexel building at 3rd and Main um, there in Tulsa, along with the elevator operator, because that was a thing back then, and uh, that person was a white woman by the name of Sarah Page. Uh, And the actual details of what is alleged to have occurred between these two people vary. Um, There's a lot of hearsay. Um, But ultimately, we are told of accounts of some sort of incident. Uh, and, And this spread like wildfire within Tulsa's white community. Uh, and it's the same way like you see now, you know, especially when it's negative, people are so quick to spread uh, these fake news stories. And I, I say fake news not in the loaded way that maybe is used rhetorically by certain members of, of, of our government, but actual fake news that's written and intended to obscure or to uh, to deceive. Um, and if it's negative or it's about if it's something that supports your narrative, people are very quick to just boom, click, share. You got be really careful. You got to do your homework before you become that person. You don't want to be that person. Uh, but a lot of the people here in Tulsa were that person and spread this story all across the community. And um, every time it was told, like a just like a sick game of telephone, it became worse and more exaggerated, and more egregious. The details more lurid, um, and the police, uh, white of course, arrested Dick Roll in the very next day. And that same day, May 31st, the Tulsa Tribune ran an absolutely bonkers uh, and, uh, of course, biased uh, a report of the events. Right. Yeah. So in the elevator incident, the the bare bones report seems to be that this young man could have done something as simple as accidentally bump into the elevator operator or he stepped on her foot or something like that. But as you said, Noel, over a span of just a few hours, really, this turned into like a, a full-on lurid story of assault. And this sparked a confrontation between armed groups gathered around the courthouse. The local authorities barricaded Roland at the top floor of the courthouse. And these groups, as you can imagine, were divided by race, but they were also divided by aim. The white mob, which was getting bigger and bigger as time went on, wanted to murder Roland that day. Uh, But they were met by a group of 25 armed black men, many of whom were veterans from World War I. These veterans were not antagonizing this mob. It's important to note this. Instead, they were going to the local authorities, the sheriff, and they said, you know, there's a very real and immediate threat of this, this mob taking this kid and torturing him and then killing him, we are here to help you. The sheriff said no, and then 
uh, hope, and then we can only imagine the sheriff had to eat his words because that white mob turned their attention away from the courthouse and they tried to break into the National Guard armory nearby. Yeah, and then you had these two kind of contingents colliding when a reformed group of 75 armed black men returned. Um, the white mob, which was about 1,500 strong, uh, clearly outnumbering the, the black group. Um, and the group seeking to protect Roland uh, had to retreat to to the Greenwood District, that area where many of these affluent black uh, members of the community lived. Um, so in June 1st of 1921, members of the white mob, along with uh, so many hangers-on and opportunists and looters, um, white looters, uh, sacked the Greenwood District and attempted to completely eradicate it, burning it to the ground. The governor at the time, Robertson, declared a state of martial law. This is all sounding eerily familiar, uh, unfortunately, um, given the current state of, 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 of events here in the United States. Um, the National Guard was called in. They assisted firemen in putting out the, 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 the flames. They arrested some of the African-Americans from these absolutely, you know, bloodthirsty vigilantes is what they referred to themselves as, as though they were seeking some sort of out, you know, Wild West outlawed twisted justice. Uh, and then they imprisoned every single black resident of Tulsa that hadn't already been arrested. Uh, that's over 6,000 people who were held against their will for up to eight days at a convention center uh, on, on the fairgrounds of the, of the, of the town. That's right. And needless to say, uh, these people who were arrested, who were, you know, innocent of crimes, were denied, you know, the basic things one would expect incarceration, in theory, you know, food, water, uh, restroom facilities, and so on. Let's look at the aftermath. All of this means that within only 24 hours after this pandemonium erupted, 35 city blocks were in total ruin. Over 800 people were treated for injury, which means, of course, that many more were injured and unable or unwilling to seek medical attention. The death toll was estimated at the time to be 36. But today, historians believe around 300 people died, if not more. Thousands lost their livelihoods and homes. This massacre Oddly enough, even though thousands of people were uh, had their lives irreparably damaged, this massacre was not really reported in the national media, definitely not in an accurate way. And today it remains one of the worst, again, officially acknowledged incidents of racial violence in U.S. history. But it's just one example. Yeah, and and there are others, uh, and one of them is is the 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 topic of today's episode, um, and it's something we like we said at the top of the show. Neither of us were familiar with uh, a community in Halifax, Nova Scotia, known as Africville. So, what happened to Africville? We'll explore this after a word from our sponsor. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. 
Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Here's where it gets crazy. If you are like us and you're from the United States, odds are you may have never heard of Africville. Like you said, Noel, uh, this community was located in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. It was founded in the early 1800s. It's often described as one of the first free black communities outside of the African continent. By 1960, it was razed to the ground. Seriously, it didn't happen as quickly as the Tulsa massacre, but it happened. So what? What gives? What? What's the? What's the history of this uh, community? 
Yeah, I, I, I've seen it referred to as well as as like a settlement, um, which is interesting because I mean it really was sort of a a, um, a very self sufficient community, but they did depend on some services from the city of Halifax. Uh, we'll get into what that relationship kind of deteriorated into in just a second. But um, from 1840 to 1860, Nova Scotia was uh, actually the last stop on the Underground Railroad. Uh, so while Africville was certainly a better place for many than where they had come from, uh, it was still poor and still quite oppressed. The local government never provided them with basic amenities, uh, sewage, you know, water, electricity, and snow plowing. Because let's not forget, this is in the the, the Great White North. Um, and the community reached its population peak by 1917. Only about 400 people lived there um, during the time of a very important event in the history of, of Halifax, Nova Scotia, the Halifax Explosion, which took place on December 6th of 1917. Oh, yeah, this is, this is insane. So it's a tale of two ships instead of a tale of two cities, right? The SS Montblanc is a French cargo ship. It's carrying hazmat. Hazardous materials, we call them today. It's it's carrying a bunch of explosives. It collides with a Norwegian vessel called the SS Imo, or Imo, I-M-O. I hope it wasn't the Imo, but that would be funny. Though what happened, though, was uh, anything but humorous. When this French ship collides with this Norwegian ship, it happens in a strait connecting upper Halifax Harbor to something called the Bedford Basin. A fire breaks out on the French ship, it ignites the cargo, and this causes a massive explosion, the equivalent of 2.9 kilotons of TNT. It kills around 2,000 people, and at least 9,000 other people are injured. Africville is located on the southern shore of the Bedford Basin, and due to topology in the area, it's partially shielded from the direct blast but that doesn't mean it's completely shielded. Multiple structures uh, in this area are destroyed or so heavily damaged that they're unusable. And you know, to the point about self-sufficiency that you made earlier, Noel, uh, it makes sense because a lot of these buildings were constructed by the people who were living in them. That's right. And um, I, I saw a great documentary. If you just Google Africville on YouTube, it's the longest thing that comes up. It's like a 35-minute documentary that the Canadian Broadcasting Service uh, made. Um, it's, it's, it feels like it was in the late 70s or something. It's got that look. But it starts off interviewing like multi-generational families that lived in Af Africville and like grew up there. Because again, it was 1917. It had a history. And people say when, pe when people ask you the question put to these these former residents, when people ask you, where are you from? What do you say? And they say, Africville. They don't say Canada. They don't say Nova Scotia. They don't say Halifax. They say Africville, um, because it really had this identity all of its own. And they were proud of, of it. They were proud of their community. They, like you said, Ben, they did the best that they could with what they had. They built their own homes. Um, but in the uh, greater community outside of Africville, it was unfairly characterized as a slum. Uh, it, there was this kind of notion that it was hated by the members of the community. But when you actually talk to people and the people have seen interviewed in this documentary, 
No one says that. It's just the people in power that say that. It's a narrative they tried to create to justify what they ultimately, uh, what they ultimately did, um, which we'll, we'll get to. So the local government uh, in question here had already begun arguing the community should be destroyed to make room for industrial development. Oh, all of a sudden they realize they've got some prime real estate and something better to do with it that could maybe enrich the community more in their eyes in a way that was meaningful. And so in the wake of this disaster, um, the people of the community didn't get anything in the way of recovery assistance. They also got no police or fire protection, and they still had to pay taxes. And other parts of the city, yeah, received tons of help in terms of, like, you know, recovering from this horrific event. And after the explosion, the city of Halifax itself continued what you could describe as systematic efforts to make Africville a bad place to live and then demonizing it, you know, with this rhetoric and this idea of it being a slum and we have to do something about it. But it was basically like them commenting on what they themselves had wrought upon this community, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm being too charitable with could be described as systematic effort there because uh, it it is and it was uh, to to the to dovetail on the earlier point you were making about the discrepancy between what the the people who lived there experienced and what the city's official line was and had always been. Uh, just follow the money. You know what I mean? Whether it's a war, whether it's a, a, a moral crusade, follow the money. Ultimately, there's a financial motive there. And this was this was an opportunity. I want to be very clear. No one's saying that the Halifax explosion itself was planned or, you know, even meant to in any way affect the people of Africville, but uh, the city of Halifax certainly took advantage of the opportunity. They started aggressively making this a bad place to live beforehand uh, they were they were um, degrading Africville through what I would describe as willful uh, purposeful neglect but now they started being more aggressive and assertive and belligerent about it they built a hospital for World War II veterans but not just any World War II veterans specifically World War II veterans with various contagious diseases and there's no real hygienic practice at the time, so this exposes the community to this. But that's not the only thing they were exposed to. Yeah, it's like adding insult to injury. Uh, Halifax decided, oh, this would be a great site for a toxic waste dump. Wow. Um, they were really laying it on thick. Mm -hmm. And the, the, uh, you can see the residents, uh, one of whom we'll meet later in this episode, uh, the residents often had to go through this dump uh, for, honestly, to scavenge, to find things to sell. Uh, you know, it's it's very rough situation. That's right. And, and there actually is footage of this, all of this, in the documentary that I mentioned. I highly recommend checking it out because it's all, you know, you can see the dump. It's This is not hyperbole. It's literally uh, a, a sludgy, toxic, you know, mess. Uh, also, you know, it's, it's sort of a catch-all dump. You got your toxic stuff. You got your, like, you know, scrap metal, you know, but you're right. I mean, they were so... Um, put upon and unable to, to earn a living, people were. You know, there's a, there's a there's a gentleman in the in the in the in the dock who says, "I was seeing my brothers, you know, scavenging in the dump every day, and it was just you know painful." And that level of pain uh, led to folks 
starting to just leave. It's time to move on. Um, and you know, it was it was when the rats started showing up that things really took a turn. Uh, the the gentleman you mentioned, Ben Eddie uh, Carvery, who grew up there, um, he had. There's a quote we have from him that is uh, is pretty disturbing, and it really gives you a sense of what it would have been like to live in this place at the time. Yeah, Eddie Carvery, who is in. You can see in multiple documentaries. He. He grew up there, as you said, Noel, and he witnessed firsthand the successful efforts of Halifax to depopulate Africville. In this quote describing the rats, he says, The hospital would just dump their raw garbage on the dump, bloody body parts, blankets, and everything. We were subject to that. And then they would burn this dump every so often. There would be walls of fire and toxic smoke. And we used to run through that fire to get the metals before they melted because we scavenged the dump. We had to. You had to do that to survive. In a way, you know what this reminds me of is the um, the practice of ship breaking. There are places in, you know, we everybody's kind of aware of large water-going vessels, cargo ships and stuff. When those things are decommissioned, sometimes they are physically broken down uh, by people who, like the the boat is run aground, and then uh, people have to go through and scavenge and break it down, and they're like paid per kilo, um, and and typically will end up contracting horrible medical conditions from exposure to stuff like this. I mean, this may be even worse because of the burning, right? Like the the smoke means that you don't have to be at the site. Yeah, you get a wicked case of tetanus or, or worse, you know. Um, and yeah, like we were, we were alluding to earlier, the rats just became an absolute nightmare, an, an utter infestation, the, the population just ballooning. And uh, Halifax was having none of it in, in terms of helping. Um, the residents of Africville found themselves in just an absolute, like, nightmarish perfect storm for a plague i mean really just absolutely biblical horrible stuff uh when the rats began to infiltrate white neighborhoods mind you uh the city finally stepped in to address the problem by dousing the dump uh at africville in in rat poison cool but now it's like how can how do you make a toxic waste dump worse you cover it in rat poison I don't know. This is just this is a, a real, real saga here. Meanwhile, the uh, the larger government of Canada is completely ignoring what's happening here. By the way, and we're not unless we sound like we're picking on Canada. This isn't a, a more obscure case, or was at the time. But make no mistake, things like this are happening in multiple countries around the world, right? And and to your point, Noel, the population is breathing this poison in uh you know numerous people are saying like even if we even if we try to avoid the dump this is still getting all over our air our clothing and now we see something that happens in a lot of small communities with exposure to these kind of chemicals uh the real dangerous effects are things that people might not have seen at the time even the people spreading the rat poison it's it's a it's a problem that crops up like Agent Orange, years after the fact, right? Years after exposure, we start noticing people getting cancer. Yeah, it reminds me of the Santa Susana uh, nuclear research site in the episode we did not 
terribly long ago. Um, yeah, you don't find out about that stuff until way later. And at the time, you don't really associate it with with that, with your with your with your environment at this time, especially might not have even been something that people were widely aware of. Uh, but there it is. Uh, and so when the rats and the toxic dump uh, weren't enough to get residents to leave, Halifax decided that the area was officially an uninhabitable slum, which is a term that they were already using just in, in you know, passing, referring to the place, like with, with these meetings. And the city began to just tear the neighborhood down and forced the remaining residents to relocate. Uh, in 64, 1964, the neighborhood was entirely demolished, and members of the community received, you know, it's like if, if, if a developer comes in and wants to buy your house, you know, that might be one deal. Uh, this is going to be, you know, based on all kinds of factors, and it's going to be a variety of different amounts of compensation. Likely not fair at all. Uh, and some of the houses were bulldozed with people still inside them. Yeah, think about that. So we always hear that old uh, that old figure of speech in real estate. What matters? Location and location and location in that order. So the city of Halifax has done everything it can to make this location terrible. So if they pay people or compensate them for their property based on the market value of the property, well, that market value has been destroyed. And bulldozing houses with people inside them doesn't sound like something that should be happening in the 1960s. But there we are. This has been the here's where it gets crazy part. But this is all factual. None of this is speculation. Zero percent. We're going to pause for a word from our sponsor. And then let's explore the aftermath because the story of Africville is not quite over. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was uh, tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. 
It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota, let's go places Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio and podcasts. Watch what you want when you want Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. And we're back. Uh, Since Africville was destroyed, um, Eddie Carvery, former resident, uh, began protesting. He started his protest on the original site of the neighborhood in uh, 1970, um, living in what uh, later was renamed to Seaview Park. Uh, and he, he stayed there on and off for over 25 years before making international news when G7 visited Halifax in 1995. Uh, the city tried to get rid of him, uh, as well as his brother, Victor. Yeah, yeah. So the Carvery brothers, Eddie and Victor, uh, have been have been struggling with a lot of things. You know, if you see the um, if you see some of the video footage of them, Eddie is definitely sort of the last man standing in the protest, and has been waging this protest for, as you said, old decades. And at times, he's been sleeping rough just in the area because he wants to keep it there uh, in the uh, in the location, the former location of. Africville, and eventually the brothers did move and lived more off of the site of Africville, but they continued to travel to the community and protest, like literally pretty much every day, where the community school once stood. If you want to learn more about Eddie Carvery, you can check out uh, these documentaries we've mentioned. You can also check out John Tatry's work. It's called The Hermit of Africville. It was published in 2010. And that's, to me, that's one of the craziest things. The timeline about this. Uh, history tried to forget this for a long time. 
uh, you know, we're looking back at, at the, the turn of the 19th century, and now we're well into the 21st century, and this is, this is still continuing. People haven't been compensated for their land, let alone their medical conditions. Uh, Eddie Carvery was, for a large part of his entire life, he was just trying to get people to listen to what was happening, which speaks to, I know, I, I think it speaks highly to his character, but it is a um, resounding condemnation of the government of Halifax. I just want to restate, too, I think we, we said it at the top pretty well, but just when these black settlers came over, um, you know, to to this part of Canada, it wasn't like they immediately, you know, uh, created this settlement. They were forced to because they weren't accepted in, in, the, in the rest of the community, in the surrounding area. So they had to, uh, they were kind of pushed onto what would be considered less desirable land. Um, and then, of course, when the tide turns and all of a sudden, you know, there's a use for this land, it's like, okay, sorry, I know we're the ones who put you here in the first place, but, you know, you're, you're, we need what you're living on and we're going to make your life a living hell. And there's really great writing about this as well on Canadian Museum for Human Rights website, uh, just kind of the timeline and the story of Africville. And, you know, I, I just want to paint a picture, too, of like what life really was like when it was at its best everyone you know again this is like a long-standing community and people described it as you know feeling uh no sense of isolation there's a quote on this uh canadian museum for human rights site from a former africville resident um saying quote you weren't isolated at any time living in africville you always felt at home the doors were always open that is one of the most important things that has stayed with me throughout my life and you know, you can see photographs of like the the country store, and uh, just like it just, it just seemed kind of like at, at the time an idyllic uh, situation that they kind of had to create for themselves. And yeah, some of the houses are kind of ramshackle and look a little bit like shanty kind of houses. Um, but it was obvious that they took great pride in it, and that they did the repairs with everything they had at their disposal and did the best they could. And then the idea of demonizing it as being some kind of slum is just a, a real misnomer to me. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Halifax has acknowledged Africville after its destruction, primarily. In 2010, the same year the Hermit Afri of Africville published, the mayor of Halifax officially apologized to the former residents of the neighborhood you know, this is this is an important act of symbolism, right? Uh, this was Mayor Peter Kelly. He said, you lost your homes, your church, all the places in which you gathered with your family and friends to share and mark the milestones of your lives. For all of that, we apologized. But here, here's what he did. So they did put some money behind this. The uh, government of Halifax promised $3 million to build a replica church, and what they called an interpretive center. But the people who were at the crowd when this apology was you know, presented and this funding was announced, they were loudly complaining. They said, you know, nobody asked us. We were residents of Africville or we were descended from people from Africville. Uh, this settlement, I, I don't know, it seems like to many people it was a token gesture because nobody who lost their home is getting any further compensation for that loss, you know, 
I, I can see that being a valid point. I think it's all too easy for people who aren't involved in a situation to say, well, acknowledgement is important and something's better than nothing. But is that a mm. symbolic statement, you know, more yeah, than an I, actual I, one? No, I absolutely think you're right, Ben. And it's also too kind of too little too late, you know, uh, in, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, but in uh, the, again, there, there is sort of a silver lining here even beyond that. In 2012, the Africville Church was rebuilt, and Carvery moved his protest to that area. Uh, and Carvery, against all odds, continues his protest today. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, we don't know how long this will last, but at the time of this recording, he's still protesting. The takeaway from this is that not every conspiracy is, you know, someone trying to hide space age technology. Not every conspiracy is necessarily, you know, like a secret uh, genetic research program or a, or a cryptid or paranormal activity. All too often, conspiracies are real and they're motivated by things like racism or real estate, right? Uh, they're motivated by a profit of some sort. And that seems to be the case with Africville. And as we said at the top, at this point, the story continues. Uh, we don't know whether there will be further action by the government of Halifax, uh, you know, the present administration or a future administration. And we don't know whether there will be any sort of further compensation for the survivors of the neighborhood, of the community. And we pass the torch to you. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. What other cities or communities have been destroyed in this manner? Let us know about the hidden history in your neck of the global woods, because one of the strangest and most disturbing things about these sorts of stories is we can guarantee you most people have not heard of them, and that's probably by design. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's not forget that, like, the, the definition, I had to kind of look this up because we get so wrapped up in the buzzwordiness of conspiracy. And again, the way uh, it's all, it's been demonized and used as kind of a thought-terminating cliche, as you say, Ben. But a conspiracy at the end of the day is a secret plan made by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. Uh, and that's, that's what this is. <laughs> this is, you know, cut and dry conspiracy, uh, not theory. Um, and... But, you know, is the, 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 then you have to bring up the question of what is lawful. If they voted unanimously to do this, you know, on a, count, on a city council, a government body, uh, is it lawful? <laughs> Whose laws? You know, I don't know. I, I don't want to sound like I'm grandstanding here. But uh, I certainly think that if a closer look was, was paid to this, you could definitely find some evidence of wrongdoing and of, of this not being lawful. Uh, it, it reminds me of the way Native Americans were treated, you know, like they're, they have this land that they settled and then all of a sudden, oh, sorry, we own the land. This notion of owning the land uh, is a, such a, you know, capitalistic kind of idea and, and it's something that's just doesn't feel very natural, but yet here we are. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm interested to see where this goes. I, I, I'm not particularly hopeful that anything positive is going to come of it, but I'm really glad we found out about it and want to thank the listener uh, for letting us know because you don't think about this stuff happening in Canada. You think of Canada as being like this, you know, really positive, hunky-dory place, neighbors to the north, the kinder, gentler, you know, weed smoking, you know, hockey players, but there's tons of racism in Canada. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, you can look it up and see. Like, I saw a video of uh, someone being attacked on a bus in, in Canada by uh, some racist uh, gentleman. And it's everywhere. It's insidious, and it's not something that is, is going to go away without, you know, shedding the light on it. The Highway of Tears, uh, the forced assimilation of First Nations peoples. Yeah, the, the list goes on. You know, no country is perfect, and it's our... Um, it's part of, I think, our purpose as people living today, regardless of what country we live in, to hold those in power accountable. We would like to hear your stories. Let us know about your local hidden history, wherever you're at in the world. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. We like to recommend our Facebook group, Here's Where It Gets Crazy, where you can find uh, our favorite part of the show, the most important part, that's your fellow listeners. You can also, while you're online, find us as individuals. Yeah, you sure can. If you wish, I am at How Now Noel Brown on Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter at Ben Bolin HSW. You can also find me on Instagram at Ben Bolin. And of course, if you have complaints, uh, corrections, or general gripes, we have a dedicated email line for that. That is Jonathan Strickland at iHeartMedia.com. Uh, but we also have a phone number, don't we? We do. It's one eight three three stdwytk Leave us a message. You might be surprised to hear that this segment of our show is going to be making a, uh, a stunning reappearance in a very real way very soon. Meaning that you, you could be, your voice could be a part of Stuff They Don't Want You To Know uh, episodes. Um, it's a three-minute time limit. You can call back and continue, and we just stitch them together. Uh, and just, you know, if you don't want us to use your name, just make sure to let us know. Uh, but we uh, we love to hear from you, and really enjoy doing the listener mail episodes and looking forward to bringing that back very soon. And as I like to say, if none of that quite bags your badgers, you can always send us an email. Uh, it's a good old-fashioned one. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 
Philips.com. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline 